got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion. I'm so cold blooded. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. I fear nobody. I walk like a champion. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 170 of the Saratobi Sports Pod. Intro on in the show, it's your boy, Celine Dijon, a.k.a. Dijon Mustard, taking over the intro duties for one Justin Transition who is not here with us today. Um, But we are in regrown recording as always, and I got two of my guys with me. To my right, we got the Deacon of Demon Time, the Bishop of Bitches, the Archbishop of Orifices. Wow, that's a new one. That's fantastic. I like it. Mr. Worldwide West. Because everywhere I go, I leave a worldwide mess. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? How's it going? Feels a little different than we're going today. We're never here on a on a Monday, but this is it. I'm, I'm fucking with it though. This is this is cool. We here. We professionals. This is what we do. Yeah, that's it. It's a weird day, but you know, we out here. We make it magic. Um, and to my left, so far left, he's in the other room. From the great beyond, Saratobi Sound Man, the great Gabagool. Mr. Matt Barber. We here in the cave. The cave? Okay. The cave. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. There you go. Matt, what goes on in the cave? Things that I'm glad you can't see. <laughs> as soon as you guys go into that room, I strip completely naked. I was literally about to say, imagine one of us had to rush out of the room and it's just Matt sitting there butt naked. Yo, that's a fact. <laughs> Be like, um, sir. That's why that chair feels so good. Uh, <laughs> there you go. It's the warmth, it's the body heat. Yeah, Matt's just, you know, get his money's worth out that expensive-ass shit. body yaddy 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 So, as Miles mentioned, we're recording on Monday. I'll just try and get some in this week. And a lot of things happened in the sense of, um, you know, since the last episode, which was a banger. Shout out to Reddit Mavericks. Um, definitely go check that out if you haven't. You know, we, we dive deep deeper into the um, uh, Kyrie to the Mavs trade. Um, and whatnot, but obviously a lot of other deals also happen in the NBA. But first, let's talk about the big thing: the Super Bowl happened yesterday. The big fucking it game. did. It did. It did. Um, Matt doesn't live under a rock. He just has more important things to focus on. <laughs> um, you know, Matt. Matt's an adult, so he can't sit here and stop his entire life for a silly football game. You know, just one. These kids and their foosball. Yeah. Because foosball is the devil. The devil. That's it. Um, the Chiefs won. Uh, I'm not going to say unsurprising, but I mean, I'm pretty sure all three of us essentially picked the Chiefs, even though we didn't make any formal picks. You know, we all sort of talk about it. Um, I agreed on the parlay, so we didn't win anything on that. But kind of the, the way I felt going in was um, when I was at the fucking the Knicks game, or which one was the Knicks-Lakers game? Mm. Henry Lundquist did not get a big ovation, and I was like, y'all are all casual. Yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all are crazy. Fucking ridiculous. Y'all, y'all, bet, yeah, y'all better show that man some damn respect. <laughs> yeah, fucking nuts. I guess I said Henry, not Heinrich. Heinrich. But I thought you were trying to say it in like Russian or something. Nah, like, nah, all right, I, was just, free. I was like, all right, nigga, get a free. nickname. Fuck it, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, shout out the Chiefs. The way I felt coming in, um, was Andy Reid beating Philly in the Super Bowl be poetic justice. 
Uh, also, the the Chiefs were treated like dogs. Honestly, even though they were one seed for the most most of the season, they were treated like dogs. And they came in, they got some time to get healthy, and they had something to prove. But um, overall, it was a great game. Like, you know, I definitely think it lived up the expectations. Like, it was one that I sat here and was like, this is going to be a good game. I really hope it does. Um, and it, it lived up to it for sure, man. Right. Um, we saw a gutsy performance from one Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, reaching the ankle, having a weak first half. But at the same time, the Eagles just dominated. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, shout out to Jalen Hurts, man. Did the damn thing. All season, proving all the doubters wrong. The Eagles, they played a hell of a season. They honestly played a hell of a game, but... The Chiefs just came up bigger when it mattered most, um, you know, and gave gave us a classic, man. Uh, I think that, well, I, I'll, I'll, you know, say your impressions of the game. Yeah, what, nah, what, nah, what, nah, go figure. So the we all picked the Chiefs, even though we didn't pick it officially last week when we was with Ruben. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not really surprised by the outcome of the game. I think the game was great. Um, the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense really couldn't stop stop the Eagles for anything. Like the Eagles, I think every every kickoff I think was a touchback, and they had so many seventy five yard drives. I think that the the Chiefs defense, for as many mistakes as they made, they really got bailed out in this game because. But they also came and made some big plays when they needed to. They made sure. some big plays when they needed to. For hey, Steve sure. Spagnuolo, something about him in the end of games, man. Yo, he, he just be, he he's been there before. Yeah, he hit a different gear. Yeah. He's 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 been there. So shout out to to Steve, former Giants defensive coordinator, Steve Steve Spags. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so though, like with the defense coming up on big plays, there was a couple plays where they they went off sides and that kind of like you know messed up messed up some of those those long ass drives that could have had a potentially different outcome. Me personally, what I was thinking was that um that missed field goal earlier in the game was gonna have a big mm-hmm. impact. I mean, it definitely did end up having a, a impact on the game later on, just based off of how the score was. But um, surprisingly, it didn't it didn't affect the Chiefs winning. I mean, shout out Pat Mahomes. I mean, he did his thing. He he did his thing. I mean, I don't think he was the best player in this game. I, I've been on the record and I told told a couple of my people that, you know, I felt like Jalen Hurts either way deserved to be the MVP of this game. You know, mm-hmm. people gonna feel feel how they feel about it, but I think that he was the best player out there. Um, they unfortunately just didn't get the W. Not unfortunately, because it really is fuck the Eagles. But you know, I like Jalen Hurts, so I'll keep it, I'll keep it cute. Um. Mahomes, God, I, I I've been trying to tell people for for all of these years that that man is special, and at 27 years old, he's probably the most accomplished 27 year old quarterback that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Two time MVP, two time Super Bowl MVP, two time All Pro. Like it doesn't really get much better than what his, Mahomes has done in his first five years as a starter. Um. And it and you got to give a lot of people credit. Like you got to give Mahomes his his flowers. You got to give Eric Bieniemy his flowers. You have to give Andy Reid. Shout out Andy Reid. Like what John said, man, this was definitely a redemption game for him. And going out and beating his old old, old team and you know them Philly fans is crazy, bro. Them Philly fans was was loud out there in Arizona. It felt like an Eagles home game. I mean, I wasn't there, but that's what it sounded like. It sounded mm-hmm. like everything was going in in favor of the yeah. That of the fly Eagles. Eagles fly was going crazy. Yeah, you know. Um, so, so real, really, it, it, it shout out the Chiefs. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see where they go from here because it's like, damn, like winning one Super Bowl is incredible enough. You know, as a as a as a fan that has witnessed my team win two, it, it is amazing. But Mahomes, the we're we're just starting to write 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 his story story, man. Like he's been in three Super Bowls already. He lost one, but he's won two. 
Three Super Bowls in four years is nuts. Is is insane, and it's not like anything that you ever that that you're ever gonna see again. Like, you know, um, and shout out to his his major contributor, Travis uh, Travis Kelsey. He did his thing. He's second all time in postseason touchdowns now with sixteen. Uh, only second to Jerry Rice, yeah, which is that's crazy. total receiving touch. That's not just yeah, fucking. That's not just tight ends. Yeah, that is that's total. That's receiving. that. That's all. That's all receivers, bro. So he has a record for tight ends now because he was tied with Gronk. Now he has it over Gronk. Um, and yeah, I it's is this this is just incredible, man. As a as a as a Patrick Mahomes fan and as somebody that genuinely enjoy has enjoyed this man watching watching um enjoying this man play football. I've had this man on my fantasy team for all of these years. Like, yo, Pat Mahomes is really it don't get much better than that guy. They put up a graphic, and I and I love Bleach Report for the way that they do these things. They put him, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow at the table, and they put every accolade that Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes has won so far, and it's just not close. You know, I've been saying for for a while that that, that Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in this league, and it's not and it's not close. I mean, yeah, did he get outplayed in the Super Bowl? I like I said, Jalen Hurts did his thing. But I don't. That's the thing. He de- Jalen Hurts definitely did his thing, but I don't, I don't know if I would say he got outplayed. I mean, like they run a different style of offense as well, and you're not going to sit here like, you know what I mean? But that different style of offense, them niggas could not be stopped. Like they I, really, they listen. really couldn't be stopped. Like I, I the, the Eagles uh, defense was probably the biggest wild card in this game because I don't think anybody expected the Eagles defense to come out and shit the bed like that. That's fair. But, uh, uh, the reason why I bring up like I'm not necessarily going to say he outplayed. I think they can. We could sit here and say they both had great games, but like. Yeah. A lot of what Jalen Hurts did was on the ground, and you're not going to ask a player with a high ankle sprain to do all that shit on the ground. Mm. So I'm glad you said that. Because that, that even, I think, is a big part of it. Even so, my boy Mahomes on the ground, mm-hmm. he 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 had an impact in the game on the, on, on the ground. You know what I'm saying? It's so, not like they were doing designed runs for him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Jalen just got shifty on him. God damn. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I can't say enough about the Chiefs and their coaching staff. Like, thank you for putting the Eagles, the, the Eagles out. This is to all my Eagles, fa- Eagles friends out there. I I tried to tell y'all. I predicted what was gonna happen like in Gabe. the huh? It looks like Gabe. I did thought that was Gabe. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I told y'all what was gonna happen in the NFC Championship, and I told y'all what was gonna happen in the AFC Championship. Both of those predictions was right. I don't know why y'all doubt me in the Super Bowl. I watch, so I know what the fuck is going on. Um, so yeah, not to say I'm always right, because I'm definitely not, but yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes from now on, that's it. him not being favored in the Super Bowl. I don't think you ever see that it's happen. Mahomes again. still proven otherwise. Yeah, that's it. And it's end period stop. Yeah, I think the, the other biggest storyline of the game is um the that call at the end of the game. Um mm-hmm. I think it's one of those calls that technically is the right call. Uh, honestly, shout out to James Bradbury for owning up to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is a hold, but that's not a call that you necessarily want to see. Right. Right. It wasn't, you know, there's there's a lot of holding that goes on in NFL games, right? Not all of it gets called. Um, and I think that was kind of a weak call, but it was the correct call. Um, honestly, I think they would have been fine without it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's a tough thing to sell, but... Out to James Bradbury. He didn't argue with it. He owned up to it after the game and everything. Man, it's a tough way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not like the the um, the fucking Bengals one from the, the last week. Nah, you know what nah, I mean? Nah, nah, nah. I but it, it's one of those that. that is, it's, it's you know, when you look at it, it's like, all right, cool. It was a hold. Could it, it's one of those that it really could have, they either could have left it or called it. And either way, like, you know, it's something that happened. Um, 
but you know we say it all the time that the the story of a game it's not just one play you know there's a lot of things that affect it so as much as we're gonna sit down and complain i'm not gonna sit here and directly say that that won or lost them the game because um you know they still hit that field goal they still gotta to march up the field again so hey, I, I i put it like this i mean nobody wants to see calls made in those moments where it's like mm -hmm. it's it's game deciding but the other thing is is that how do we look at these calls when they're not called like you know you know it's mm -hmm. just you know like both times you played the Bengals, right you know you go you go you you get at it like that Push or even back. think even think about like a couple years ago and i mean this is like the most egregious example but like when the rams played the saints and there and that was a no call like how every how, how everybody received that and how they had to change the rules and shit you know the rest is gonna be rest regardless i know niggas is making jokes about ah the script ah this this and this the Eagles did not lose this football game because of that one call. They had all they they had the entire game. They they literally offensively could not be stopped. Their yeah, defense was the reason why they didn't win the game. Yeah, that. And as much as we can sit here and say that, like we can also say that Kansas City turned the fuck up on offense. Like I agree that their defense yeah. shit the bad, but like we're not gonna sit here and disregard Kansas City's offense. Mm -hmm. Like. Andy Reid said it, man. Bienemy called a fucking masterclass in the second half. Yeah, and he got everyone involved, and there his playmakers made plays. Like I didn't think yeah. Juju was gonna have any impact this Super Bowl. Honestly, I kind of predicted Tony to have more of it, but mm -hmm. that punt return from Tony—that's a game changer. Yeah, that is a game changer. Like, it, it, and it, it was funny is is that like one of the things that I, I and I know I've said this. This is like Miles verbiage. I I said that with Mahomes and Tyreek leaving that with the with the offense is going to be addition by subtraction and that's definitely been proven true and they got everybody involved last night like the touchdowns on the on the eagle side is very it's very predictable jalen hurts aj brown like you would expect that but on the Chiefs side you got all right obviously isaiah pacheco seventh round pick out of out of wherever the fuck mm -hmm. Kadarius tony who you acquire in the trade from the giants but you know that was his only catch for the game and then the other touchdown that Mahomes threw to Sky Moore, who that was also his only catch of the game. I, th I think Tony had like two. No, he only had one, bro. I promise you. I I bet money on the nigga, so I, I I'll tell you. He had one. He had one catch for five yards in the tutty. That was that was it. That nigga pissed me off. But, um, yeah. So honestly, yeah, the enemy he called he called the fuck out this game. Um, and yeah, the it, second half was nuts. It, yeah, sec yeah. Sec but that's the other part of it too. Is like they they only had the ball for like I think nine minutes of the entire first half. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have the ball like that. The like, Eagles, the Eagles. No, kept no, getting, it was like they had like nine plays, like some wild shit like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think the the out of the half, like Mahomes only had like eighty something yards or like some, yeah. something something very very low like that. But you know, they also had a defensive touchdown, mm -hmm. so that you know contributes to it too. Yeah, but shout out to Pacheco, man. He had himself a game. Rook showed out and mm -hmm. like really just balled the fuck out, man. Right, and is definitely gonna be a major contributor on this team going forward. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about it, like. Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick out of fucking Rutgers, you know he's outplaying. They found their RB one. Yeah, that's 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 their guy, or at least what for what it seems. I mean, the Clyde Chiefs, they, the, the Chiefs will be available. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, they always seem to mix it up. But yeah, Edwards Hilaire, he was active for the game. No, I'm saying he will be available next season. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. But you know, that's the name of the game with running backs. Oh, I actually, um, I I I wanted to show you this. Speaking of running backs, man. Fuck Miles Sanders, even though it's not necessarily his fault he ain't get the ball. But god damn, bro. Yeah. Like if they ain't do shit with Miles Sanders. So everyone like right. like 40 yards Miles Sanders is a given whether they win or lose. Mm -hmm. So that was some bullshit. So 
every Super Bowl winning leading rusher in base salary since 2009. I'm not about to name all of them. I'm just going to give you names. It's all it's, rookie contracts. It's not necessarily even rookie contracts, bro. These are just like some are rookie contracts, but some are like just practice squad Dirty shit. Man. Some are just like <laughs> yeah. league minimums. Like go, you go down the line. I'm just going to name names. You got Pacheco. You got Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams, Sony Michelle, Legarrette Blunt, Legarrette Blunt, C.J. Anderson, Legarrette Blunt again, which is crazy. Didn't make a million over a million in any of those years. Percy Harvin, Ray Rice, Amar Bradshaw, James Starks, Pierre Thomas. Bro, that's why they always talk about like, especially if you got a good running back, and especially in the NFL, it's like you want to win when your star players are on rookie contracts because that's when you're able to spend money on to fill gaps. Right. You know. So it, it comes with a lot of teams like that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you're trying to take advantage of, like, the Lamar while he was on the rookie deal and all those things. Right. So it's there's plenty of reason to sit here and go. There, there's a lot of things that we have to do. But um, shout out to the Chiefs for doing it, especially, like, one of the knocks. You know, I still felt they would have been a good team, but one of the knocks I had on them was how are these, like, they have so many rookies at key positions playing big minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like how are they going to respond and they responded well man you didn't you know at no point did you really hear about one of those rookies making a necessarily bad play you know there was that big catch but like um i think it was a goddard catch or some other stuff but it was like they they were in the right position just Mm. the other team just made a play yep so that's a fact yeah oh this is the other thing i was going to say is that like yo everybody was complaining about oh how that hold you know that hold was a bad call i honestly thought they got a catch the shit that um, yeah, I, don't the, think that I, I don't think that was a catch I, I really don't i feel like if it was ruled on the field incomplete they would have kept it as incomplete exactly. but it was one of those where it's just like damn it's mad close to overturn but i didn't feel like it was that close i just i didn't i feel like he he like double caught it and when he caught it the second time he didn't have the other foot in mouth yeah i i, I agree but they was like oh well he got his toe and i'm like i i call bullshit on that but okay yeah. whatever like it is it is what it is um but yeah, I I, I want to take a second and give the Eagles credit as as much as it pains me. Like I really think those guys they they you know they were the best team in the NFC really all season. I mean outside of the 49ers and them niggas getting hurt, but you know top to bottom like they were they were they were best record. They they had the once um, control of the one seed for their, basically the entire year. They just got to the bowl and they played a better team. And I and I firmly in my heart believe that because. They didn't really play the best of competition all season. Uh-huh. It eventually just caught up with them. But it catching up with them, they were three points away from the Super Bowl. I think Brock Purdy played this fucking 49ers win. Well, I mean, it's all it's all hearsay yeah, now. It's all, it's all it's all hearsay now. Like you can't hate. You know? Um, I mean, everybody on the 49 Have you been seeing what the what all the 49ers players have been saying? Like mm. Debo and like all of these all of these guys. They they are these niggas. I heard Debo say Bradbury's trash. Well, yeah, that's, I don't think James Bradbury is trash. I don't probably. think I don't think Bradbury I mean, is trash either. Debo is just a little hot right now. Them niggas is just you know them niggas is salty for whatever yeah. reason. These niggas is salty like, because they felt like they were the better team in another year that their quarterback was the reason they lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I don't know, man. I I will say though, like I, I am anticipating some uh, retirements from Eagles players. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think this is it for Jason Kelsey, um, yeah. and if it is. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to Jason Kelsey. Thank Shout you for all the Kelsey. memories, whether it's on the field or their sound bites, whatever it is. He fucking, fuck, he laid out Trent McDuffie on that block, bro. bro. It felt like this nigga Jason Kelsey was was pulling like every play. But that's bro. how that's how they use him, and I've learned I've learned a lot about that because that's essentially what they tried to do with um, 
uh, who the fuck's their center name? Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's similar size makeup with Jason Kelsey, but this is someone who's an undersized center his entire career mm-hmm. and uh, put an all pro uh, career together, man. He's definitely a legend. Uh, it was personality and on the field. So shout out to him. Uh, Fletcher Cox, this might be it. You know, Brandon Graham. Exactly. Like, it's a lot of dudes that's Who like knows about old. Lane Johnson? Like, there's so many yeah. people that, and these are people that could still play at a higher level. Like, if they wanted to come back, the team would still be good for it, you know? Yeah. But um, They just old. Yeah, exactly. And Jason Kelsey wasn't going to hang it up before, and they convinced mm-hmm. him to stay. So I know part of the reason, too, was they drafted uh, his replacement this year, mm-hmm. that he had a hand in picking who he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that mentor role and stuff like that. So, yeah, shout-out to the Eagles, but, you know, big shout-out to the Chiefs on getting it done, man. Yeah. Um, Super Bowl is crazy. Um, Honestly, I think – now I want to propose a question like, do you think who who is in a better position to repeat? I we we know Chiefs. how we know how this goes. Like you said, the Chiefs. Not even a question. Yeah, they're just the all, simply because how many of their key pieces are on rookie contracts? They don't have to do too much. They really don't have. They do I, not. Who the fuck do the Chiefs have on rookie contracts? Like their rookie contracts are all like flexible. Skill it's positions. more so who do they have signed? <laughs> like you well, know right. what I mean? It's just the right. vets. Yeah. It's literally Chris Jones, Pat Mahomes, um, Kelsey, right. like Frank Clark, and that's if Frank Clark decides to continue playing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another guy up there in Yeah, Frank Clark. Oh, my God. But yeah, like, this nigga is. I want to see how old this nigga is. And then um, just some of their line, but, like, you know, Orlando Brown's about to be free agent. He wanted the bag this past year, and he didn't get mm-hmm. that, and I doubt he's going to get it again. Um, but, you know, there's it's one of those things that the Chiefs are definitely just set up in a better position to repeat. Mm-hmm. Um but you never know. Yeah, nah, I definitely. Know, maybe we get our shit together and finally take over the AFC the way we're supposed to. Maybe, probably not, but maybe. I'll, I'll go with this, right? Listen, I'll say that I'll say that the Eagles' offense it's based off of how it was coached. So they so they just lost their offensive coordinator. They just took the indie job, I think. Oh, he did for like confirmed. Uh, yeah. Um, let me just double check. I think he, I think we have to wait a couple days, but I know uh, he was the, the leading candidate. Uh, and then the quarterbacks see. coach is most likely going to be our OC. It's either him or Bienemy, apparently. Those are our top two options, and we're just waiting for Super Bowl stuff to die down to interview them. Um, Steve Station. But, like, the the thing, and we, we've said this uh, previously, and that was one of my stipulations on the Eagles, is that their offense is outside of the line. All their skill position players are young. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles' offense is there, but, like, their defense is full of veterans. Yeah. Like, so, do, I, do I see their defense being as good as it was this year? It, I really find it difficult because Bradbury's not going to be there. I'm not saying he's an OBO. You still gonna have Slay, obviously. You still gonna have Gardner Johnson, huh? You signed on a one-year contract. He's either on a one-year, but yeah. What is that? What does that matter? Mm-hmm. You know I mean like, you know, Sue's not gonna be there. Like we mentioned, all those other old dudes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all in the air, you know. They have, this is this this year they have as many sacks since the fucking '85 Bears. They're not yeah. these niggas can't can't do that again. I'm not saying they can't be great. They can't actually do that it's just like you're not saying that it's not like they don't have the ability to do it yeah it's just when you're making history like that it's hard to repeat yeah breaking history yeah it's gonna be tough for the eagles to get back i feel like man mm-hmm. i think that the nfc in general like it's gonna oh if he hit that i would have been sick especially like i think the, the, the nfc is just getting better like mm-hmm. everybody across mm-hmm. the board yeah. Not, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely getting, definitely getting better i mean i don't think the quarterbacks are on the same caliber as the AFC. I mean, that's Agreed. like not that's not even a question. But I think the NFC is just top heavy. Yeah, and I think honestly, I think it's gonna stay top heavy. I just think the top shifts. Right. I think you know you're still gonna have the Eagles, the Niners, mm-hmm. 
the Giants, depending. We on gonna get better. We yeah, gonna get better. You guys, are gonna, that's what I'm saying. You guys. Outside of that, man, fuck the Cowboys. Fuck the Cowboys. As long as Dak Prescott is a quarterback, hey. they're they're at their ceiling. Fuck the Cowboys. Um, um, well, the it's just gonna probably the the Vikings, and then you know we'll yeah, see what happens. Same with thing the with Saints. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if Derek Carr goes to the, the Saints, Saints again, I still think the Jets is a better situation. For uh, for Carr, I think yes. it'll be a better situation for him. But I like I like him going to the Saints. Like yeah. it's a, it's he'll be out of the spotlight. He'll have his weapons there, and you know I get it. It's a fresh start. I get. I mean, it. it just to be a fresh start too. But yeah, I I definitely get it. But I still think like you know if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think oh sorry, I think the best place for um, Derek Carr is actually Washington. Washington. I think Washington's the best. You place like for to Carr. see him with the with with that, with with, that trio of wide receivers. Yes, with those weapons, you know that defense is good. They were that's the team that we looked at as essentially a quarterback away. Yeah, you know, so that's that's also was the reason why before Aaron Rodgers, you know, that trade to the Jets might be a thing. Um, I was like, I don't. If you're the Jets, I don't leave Carr um, up to. Uh, like free agency, I don't leave him to the buy up to like the bio market or whatever. Yeah. Because I think Washington is the team that comes in. Like to me, like the Saints, I get it, but like they were third, like fourth on the list to me. Like I think for any, if you're a quarterback, like a good, like again, a good quarterback, a car like Rodgers, looking for a new situation that'll allow you to compete right away. Mm-hmm. I think Jets are number one, Washington's number two, and then like I guess Saints are three. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like, certain organizations, like, they just te- they just tend to stay away from dysfunction. I feel like the Saints are just, I don't know. I, I just get a good feeling about him going to the Saints. Like, mm-hmm. a better feeling him going to the Saints than the Jets. I can't really explain it. The Jets, mm-hmm. I think, is a better situation here yeah, because you get better. You got better receivers, younger talent. A lot of, like you like you mentioned it, a lot of dudes on, on rookie contracts. But the Saints, man, I mean, you know, Alvin Kamara, he getting older, whatever it is, what it is. But, you know, they they figure out their running game. But you got Olave there. You got a bunch of young wide receivers that aren't, like, A-class dudes, but dudes that could definitely get the job done. And their defense is their defense. You know, I think that's more, more important than anything. Like, mm-hmm. Derek Carr, he don't got to go out and score 30 points every fucking week like yeah, how he had think, to at the Raiders because he had a, better, a much better defense. But I think the Jets and Washington's defense are better than the Saints right now. That's true, too. I mean, that's true. Yeah, Jets, Jets absolutely. And I, I think, think both of those teams have better weapons than the Saints. They're better weapons than, well, outside of, well, yeah, 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 the trio. Mm-hmm. This is true. But I still, I don't know, man. Him on the Saints, something about it, it just, ring, it just rings a nice bell. I think it's cool because he'll get to have a city. Like, I also don't want that nigga again. in my division. Like let's just let's just not. That's fair. We we don't have to add Derek Carr to, you know, say what you want about Dak. I mean, I get it. Like Dak is is mid is mid. I like if he's the worst quarterback in your division, your division is pretty fucking good. If he's the worst quarterback in your division, your division is pretty fucking good. Sure. Yes, bro. It's not a sure. Why why is it why is it a sure? Yes, all right. The nigga obviously he led the league in interceptions, but him being like you said, like you always say, gotta, he's I mid. Gotta look at these. I gotta look at these divisions. If he, uh, no, we can go. We can go buy it. Go, because because think about it. NF, NFC South. Who's the all worst right. quarterback in the NFC South? It's probably the the back the backup. Whoever's on the Carolina. Or, or right, whoever's on Carolina or the the rookie dude that the that the, the uh, Falcons just drafted. Just drafted. Ritter. Ritter. Desmond Desmond Ritter. Right. So I think. Gino better than Dak? Gino, 
I mean, he had a better season. He had a better season. I can't say he's, he's not better, better than any He had a better season than that. I can't say the nigga is because definitely better. we haven't better. seen it yet. We haven't seen the consistency. I got, I got, as of right now, he's higher up on the ranking after this season than Dak Prescott. I mean, he had a better season than That's what I'm saying, after this season. Like. Just this season. Sure. Based off the season. Yes. Based off. Based, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, based, based off the season. season. Based off the season. So yes. he'd be the worst quarterback in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. He'd be the worst quarterback in the NFC North. In the I, NFC North? I think. Because you got Goff, you got Rodgers, you got. Kirk. Kirk. Give me Justin Fields over Dak. Do you see what that offense was doing? They gotta get him some weapons. I gotta see him. With what some was weapons. he? And what was he doing without the weapons? Nah, he was. Nah, he was doing. This he thing was doing more than Dak without the weapons. On the ground, he wasn't winning games though. It, yeah, like, like he was. Like it was. He like, wasn't it, winning games. His defense is atrocious. His defense is atrocious. They was putting up points though. They were putting up points. I, I was saying that their offensive coordinator probably deserve a job somewhere because he was like co- he was coaching his ass off. I still um, think it's a little suspect. I think they need to be more consistency. So maybe after next season, if we, they gotta again. get him some weapons, bro. They got that yeah. number one pick. I hope they do something with it, um, man. They're probably gonna trade it. To They're gonna trade it, but that's but that's yeah. doing something with it. Uh, like you get would, a couple, you get a couple picks back for that. Yo, please help Justin Fields out. He'd be the worst quarterback in the AFC West. In the AFC West, oh, um, I mean that's not that's not saying much. He he wouldn't be the worst in the South. He would be the worst in the North. He would be the worst in, in the, the East. AFC in the AFC North. Yeah, he'd be the worst. In that's oh, uh, Kenny. Yes, it's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is comparable. I'll say that it's comparable. He's not better. He's not. He's not better than that. Yeah, but though. we could talk again about like give him weapons. Give him. He got weapon. George Pickens, and you know. All right. So he's starting I'll, to come I'll, on. I'll, I'll give. I'll go back to what I said about Gino. Give him. Give him more time. I can't mm-hmm. say that he's better just off of you know. Yeah. Off of what? But, Twelve starts that he got this season, or or ten starts. All they, no, he didn't start all season. He did. No, Mitch started in the beginning. Trubisky. You talking said Gino. Talking about. Oh no no I'm sorry I was talking about Kenny Pickens. Oh yeah. Kenny Pickens. Uh, yeah. That's fair though, yeah. but um, but anyhow, yes. The point of what I'm trying to make, the point of what I'm trying to make, Derek Carr, don't want that nigga in our division. I don't know. Keep that nigga in the Saints. I, I I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to. I don't want to have. I, I like beating Washington. I like being the Redskins Commanders. Like they. Like I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But I was very content with the Super Bowl. I'm sure for like the fan the fan point of view, this was this was a good one to watch. How'd you feel about the halftime show? Um, I thought it was super cool, uh, simply from the fact of like the amount of hits Rihanna has. Um, they're all just songs that like everyone kind of loves. I think that the one thing I do wish is that, you know, we it was confirmed that she's pregnant. I do wish she wasn't pregnant, so she would have been able to perform to her full capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing, and I, I feel like Rihanna feels the same way, honestly, because it's one of the biggest opportunities of your career. Um, they do this. And mind you, I, I don't think she like. I think she cares, but like, it's if she didn't get it, she wouldn't be crushed or shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, because she's that level of artist. But um, I think that she probably wasn't expecting to be pregnant either. You know, she's probably expecting this whole thing. They booked this super far in advance, so I'm. I enjoyed the show. I think it was a good show. I think musically it was one of the best shows. But um, it, it's just one that like she did the most that she could. But it would have been really cool to see her do more do full rihanna style performance i'm glad you worded it like that because yeah i'm gonna I'm a be a little bit more blunt and say i was fucking like from a song like a song selection point of view yeah. it was great like i was i i was just telling matt and john when we in the fucking cave and shit fucking you, literally three songs back to back that wasn't even really her tracks 
that she just had the the hook on and she went crazy like run this town umbrella and all of the her all, track, well umbrella's her track but all the lights in run this town are not mm -hmm. so like she went crazy back to back to back on all three of those hooks i'm like all right you know what i'm fucking with this yeah i think the choreography was great too yeah the like, choreography you know, the, was fire the, the show itself was cool it's just you wish that rihanna could have done more of rihanna <sighs> yeah bro I, I i agree with you it just yeah. like was it an all-time great performance it was not mm -hmm. it was not but it was still cool and it was and i still enjoyed it i would listen i'm more happy with rihanna doing a, ha uh, a halftime show than a lot of the other shit that they had prior to jay-z getting in that room and being like yo listen we not this is this is not like happening fucking tom petty yeah like it, like i think when tom petty did the super bowl he might have been in middle school or high school i think that was the ravens and 49ers super bowl wasn't it i don't know i think it was I mean, tom but whenever yeah. that happened that was the first and only Super Bowl halftime performance that I actively did not watch. Let's see. Tom Petty's Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think I watched. This was in 20. Oh, this was. Um, I think it was a giant Super Bowl, not for nothing. Yeah, I think it was too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was 42. So it was, yeah, it was a giant Super Bowl. Because I remember literally being like, I what, what do I care about this? Um, and a lot of people were trying to say that. Apparently, people are trying to say the Black Eyed Peas was the worst Super Bowl halftime of all time. But I think, I don't watch the Tom Petty one, but I think that alone, because I'm sure there was a lot of young people also felt the same way. But nah, Adam Levine one was ass, bro. Adam Levine fucking Super Bowl. Was it Maroon 5 or was it just Adam Levine? I don't know. It hasn't been Maroon 5. Maybe, but that shit was trash. Uh, let's see. That one might have been the Ravens one. Oh no, I lied again. Damn, when the fuck was who did? Okay, yeah. Oh, I, this is no. This is when it was in Atlanta. Okay, I remember this. I remember this. And this is when Big Boy randomly came out, and Travis Scott randomly came out. Yeah, that was this, after they were like, "Was you, this the you had the Rams? Super Bowl in Atlanta and you fucking made Adam Levine the person?" Like, uh -huh. come on. 2019. 2019. This was. It's not telling me. What the heck. Super Bowl. Yeah, this was the Rams and this was the Rams and Patriots one. Beyonce was Ravens. Beyonce was Ravens. Oh, yeah. I would love. I would have loved to see see my team in the Super Bowl. But you know, what I was thinking I, after talking with Eagles fans all day, yo, seeing a team losing the Super Bowl gotta be like the most nasty feeling of all time. Like I like, how that's, do you even bounce back from that? That's why, like, I wasn't. Able I know to you don't. You can't relate either. You're right. Right. Um, but that that's honestly why, like part of the reason why i didn't push harder to move around my schedule to go to philly mm. um i think it would have been dope you know um especially after missing the first one but i felt better about them winning the first one than you, you did about the exactly second. i, feel, I, I, I knew it logistically way, logistically it would have been tough for me to move around but part of the reason why i didn't was i was like i'm not picking the chiefs to win and for me to get out of philly that night if they lose would be a fucking nightmare yep like they were flipping cars pre-game yeah bro like just going crazy like so I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's rough. I think, I think you can find some solace in it simply because, um, even though they were the one seed and they had a great season overall, mm -hmm. you know that this is not something you predicted to happen in Jalen Hurts' second year. Right. So they were still kind of ahead of schedule. So I think it's similar to the Bengals of last year, where it was like, this shit's a win, us being here right now. Obviously, it hurts to not win the Super Bowl and all of those things, but like. We're still somewhere where that we were not supposed to be at the beginning of the season. So, you know, especially with like young pieces like that entire offense is, it, 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 
you know it makes you feel good for what's what's to come yo it's funny because um definitely what you definitely what you said but also when it come when it come down to it in terms of this this super bowl in general right um trey young's not gonna get three rebounds and crush all my dreams i'm crying um yeah bro the eagles i knew for a fact they wasn't winning this shit like and I was telling Eagles fans, I'm like, bro, they're not about to win. I'm like, ah, me being in Philly for this shit. Everybody was out there so confident they were about to win. Eagles fans was confident. They're the favorites, bro. They've been, they've looked. Oh I mean, and that's what I'm Did saying. That, that? Yes, he's crazy. The fact that the, the fact that these niggas was favored he to had win to the get game. Brunson back. I, I don't know who that is. That's a uh, Tajay Sharp. Yeah, but he had to get he had to get Brunson back after he made him touch Earth like that. Uh, Give me that. <laughs> um. So yeah, Super Bowl. Super Bowl is always a bittersweet feeling just because this is the last game of the year. This is the last little bit of football I get until like six months from now. Mm. So this is this is definitely going to be a hard time for me. Baseball season needs to, needs to come through. It is officially the start of basketball season for me, so I'll be watching a lot of basketball now. <laughs> I have no reason not to get back in. Hey, Mavs game on tonight. Right, exactly. Um, um, so yeah, all I all I have to do all, all I have now is uh, is basketball until the until the Yankees come back. Oh well, World, World Baseball Classic start starts in three weeks, so I'll, I'll I'll definitely be tuned into that. Yeah, we're not um you know we're probably not gonna talk about football on. It'll probably be the things that we will potentially talk about up until the draft is just Derek Carr signing if Aaron Rodgers gets moved. Other than that, just essentially no football to the draft unless. Un- un- or unless, maybe coaching stuff, yeah. but like only huge headlines. All right. Well, yeah. Essentially, it'll be it'll be the big headlines. But you know, the thing with the NFL is, you know, this is a this is a league of convicts. Oh shit, hey. USFL. USFL. Yeah. But this is a league of convicts though, so you already know some shit about to happen mm. with somebody. I can't tell you who, but something is going to happen. And we'll figure Max, it out. Bro. It yeah. started with Stetson Bennett. He's not even in the NFL yet. I'm <laughs> started with Stetson. Wait, what happened with Stetson Bennett? He got arrested for like drunken disorderly or something oh, a couple just, weeks you know, ago. Oh, okay. He'll be all right. Whatever. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. He's a white dude. I'm sure he comes from a wealthy family. Yeah, you know, right. Like, it is. He's just, he's just doing His name thing. is Stetson, bro. Stetson is you, crazy. Your name is not like, as a Caucasian with a name like Stetson, you're not going to tell me you came from humble beginnings. No, absolutely not. Your kitchen had an island. Your kitchen got an island, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Nah. Nah, I wish it did. Yeah, I, wish like, my, I, I, wish, I wish my kitchen had an island. Yeah. Um, so much more counter space. You got any last thoughts? Anything NFL? Like, just, you know, before we put a bow on it? I uh, just, uh, I'm kind of where I was at this point last season, where I'm just ready to dive into Ravens offseason content to try and give myself some solace. But, um, yeah, let's mm. just hope that. We signed Lamar, and we gunning for that chip next year. Yep, I feel you. They were talking about potentially trading him, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I I was trying to keep it cute. I said this before: if the Ravens fumble Lamar being on quarterback, I, I, I would. That's one of the few times I would question if I want to continue being their fan. Because mm. it's one thing if you give him the offer and he doesn't take it, right? If you give him the offer he wants and he just doesn't take it. That's not on you. Not. That's not on you. That's up to him. Can't be mad. Can't be mad at y'all. Y'all try. But if they don't, then I could be real upset. Yeah. Um. I guess the last thing I'll say about NFL. Great season. I I, I definitely fuck with this year's script. Um. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm I a, a, after this year. I'm not. I'm not gonna talk about Mahomes as much. I think you know everything. Everything is. You been think they said. get the point? Yeah, I think. I think y'all get the point. I done drilled it into y'all heads enough. Y'all especially. I done drilled it. So so I'm. A, I'm gonna pick a new favorite player next year, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be my. That's 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 uh, where my next stand is gonna be. Um. So yeah. Definitely. So. So that kind of leads us into um, just finishing up kind of what I mentioned earlier of uh. The basketball news that that finished. Um, you want to pull up all? Yeah, that? I got, I got, I got it all, man. I'll start all the way from the bottom and work my way up, man. So, NBA trade trade deadline. We'll talk more about KD a little bit later. I know that's really what y'all want to listen to, but there was a lot, a lot, a lot of relevant stuff that went down in the NBA yeah, going let's talk forward. About the shit that matters. Yeah. Um. So, we talked about. We already spoke about Kyrie last week with 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 Ruben. Let's see. Da 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 da. Dun, 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 dun. Every these are all like interesting ones. Oh, we talked this, about the Lakers trade with Ruben. We did. Oh, yes, we did. Happened. We did. We did. Um, uh, Thomas Bryant. The Thomas Bryant one was it interesting. It was more about Mo Bamba to the Lakers. Mo Bamba to the Lakers. Yeah, they. Yo, this is what I wanted to say about they, like they got LeBron a whole new team. Yeah, bro. Like a whole new team. Like yeah. LeBron. We talked about the D'Lo move last week, but yeah, Mo but Bamba like, getting there in the low key move. That, them. Patrick Beverly getting shipped out after saying he was reunited with D'Lo is hilarious. Yo, that's he's about to get bought out. Or we're gonna see where he goes. Imagine he get bought out and he go back to the Lakers. I'm not saying that is gonna happen, but that shit would be hilarious. I've seen cra- I- I've seen crazier shit. I could see us signing him, but we just signed Justin Holiday, so I don't know. But um, because we've had mutual interest in years past, mm-hmm. so I could see you know him even though he'd be acting like he'd be beefing Luca. Um, anything for wait? I want. I also wanted to ask you: Is anything progressing with the with the Terrence? The Terrence he Ross signed thing? with the Suns. Oh, he signed with the Suns. There is nothing was confirmed, uh, but they were like, "It's looking like he's gonna sign with the Suns." So I feel like damn. that's why we pivoted to Justin Holiday. You yeah. know, I, I I can't be mad at that. Like, if anybody, I can. It, it, well, yes, because you wanted him on your team, but I'll fuck with Terrence Ross, bro. Like, he was one of those niggas that was just in a bad, like a talented ass guy that was just in a bad situation. Got paid by the Magic, and the Magic is a trash can organization. Just man. bad, like for no for no yeah. reason. So yeah. Shout out, shout out T Ross for go, uh, you know if he mm-hmm. ends up actually like once that becomes official for real for real. But another part of that was Bones Highland going to the Clippers. Man, yes. the Clippers stocking up again. Bones Highland's a good player and mm-hmm. just kind of shows that the Nuggets are kind of. I feel like they're looking to the future at that point of pay- players that they like. They're gonna have to pay. You know, they're most likely gonna have to pay Michael Porter and other stuff like that. Um, Let's see. That one we don't care about. This one. For sure, because they, so yes, this was not this. This was interesting. I don't know if y'all been following what's ha- what's been going on with Golden State. They was talking about how trade they was uh, gonna trade Wiseman for um, a couple a couple dudes, but Gary Payton, this nigga's physical is all fucked up. They had this man off the tor- the Toradol, and you know apparently this nigga was was really hurt. Yeah, but, man. Um, it went through, so I guess that's good. That's good for the Warriors. I guess it couldn't have been that bad, but it just makes you wonder, like, damn, like. What would have happened if... Yeah, that was nuts. Um, Just the way this entire thing played out, like, I don't... It There's a couple things. Like, my first reaction was, that's crazy. I really can't see an organization, like, doing that. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we're not putting it past anything. It's a business. And then the thought creeped in my head where... um, Remember how Dame missed a, most of last season with a, a sports hernia surgery? Yep. He literally was like... I didn't, but Dame's Dame's a different dude. But he was like, "Yeah, it hurt." I didn't realize it was that serious. I just thought it was another thing of like playing hurt. You're not gonna tell me they didn't know he had a sports hernia for that long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, him having a core injury, we know he also missed a lot of games this season. But like, I just think it would be nuts if they really had him. And I mean, 
if you're his agent, like, I think the agent coming out saying it had nothing to do with the trailblazers, like what they were saying is huge. Because if you're the agent, that's one thing you can do. Like, obviously, you want the trade to go through because they're going to a better team. Right. But, like, at this point, you know, now it's confirmed. If anything, if you're an agent, you want that. If you could be, be, sit here and be like, my player has so much more to offer, but, like, they were doing this to him. You know? So, if, like, client played in the victim there. So, I think that I'm glad it seems to not be a thing. That's just a wild conspiracy at this point. I hope it's not true because that's real fucked up and it's another bad look for portland um and bad looks for portland mean you know bad things for my guy dame and yeah. i just want the best for Dame. absolutely the other part dame, of dame, is, dame don't want to free himself from himself so it is what it is I, I i think the nba is actually gonna break when damian lillard requests a trade and it's not even gonna be like on some disrespectful like nah i need out of portland it's gonna be like listen i i this is my life i'm talking about he he's gotta free himself i man. think the only way i think honestly Derek carr like the relationship with um Vegas breaking down with Derek Carr is the only comparable situation I could see where Derek Carr stayed in Vegas, did all the things he needed to, got all the accolades, tried to recruit people, did all of those things, and the organization was just like, yeah, you ain't it. Turn on him. Yeah. That's the only situation I could see, but I don't think the organization would do that to Dame at this point. I don't think so either. Um, I think it's. I think it'll have to be like what I said before. I don't think Dame like Dame needs to be saved from himself, and I think it'll be a point where the organization is just gonna be like, Dame, listen, we can't do the things that you want us to do. If you want to stay here, you got to take this, this, and this sort of cuts or whatever. Um, but you also deserve your money, and you deserve to compete. So we might just just let you kind of go, you know, go where you want to go, sort of shit. Um, yeah, I mean. At this point, honestly, he's he's he more than anybody that I could think of in the NBA has done his organization right on some Dirk shit. But just because you do your organization right doesn't mean that you're in the right. Like, I don't think that Dame is right. is right for or doing they do what he's right doing, by bro. you. I think honestly, I think that Dame should be a net right now. I mean, with all of with all of wait, what makes you say that? Um, I think that the Nets before probably would have been able to put together a pretty solid trade package um even if this was last year you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think that that would have just been a great and i just would have loved to see him dame in new york obviously it would have been really dope to see him on the knicks but um i just think that you guys probably would have had to gut it too much it would have been bad bro. and we would have had to give up have, going into the season you didn't really have like a yeah. another star to compliment like i want dame to play with another star right so no, Dame needs to definitely be with another superstar. I mean, I, I know a lot of people talking about him and LeBron teaming up. I feel like if we seen that, we definitely gonna see another ring because they these that guys would just, be that would be the fucking one, and it would be so well. It would be real fitting if he played for a hometown team if it was Warriors. Yeah. Um, but Dame in LA, bro. Dame in a big market, bro. Like he's a nigga yeah. that just deserves it, bro. Like he does, and and he can handle the media, right? Like he's he's got a strong enough personality and game to handle the media so you know it's crazy uh is there any other moves there's more there's more um what were you gonna say let's see oh the funny thing about the funny thing about dame bro this thing you know you know he he's 32 bro yeah that's wild to me bro let's see what is going on up oh, the clippers get um eric they got gordon. they got they got eric yeah. gordon a couple picks they actually trade this is crazy that they traded john wall back to the Rockets. that was disrespectful yeah like that was petty bro like they ain't had to do that especially after john wall said that it was like the worst time right like um in the theo pinson podcast 
Um, I think Danny Green just got bought out. I don't know where he signed. So what the fuck John Wall about to do? Is he gonna get bought out? I mean, I his con so. his contract I about to be so. crazy, bro. Like I feel bad for Luke. Well, nah, Luke Kennard on the Grizzlies. At least he's still on a team that can contend. Luke Kennard's a great role player. Man. I'm about to say, bro. Just like I, Sadiq I, Bay ended up on the Hawks. That's a great move for them. Mm -hmm. Um, the other things that fucking hurt is after we spoke about it, Masih Steibel gets traded. Um, oh, so oh, it, to the oh, oh, to the um, uh, I'll tell you right. Was it the now. Clippers? It might have been. I think it was the Clippers, bro. Because that shit upset me. And the, then they're going to come out and go, it was 95% done with him going to Dallas. And I'm like, dude, if we got Matisse, I would feel much more complete about our, like, contending chances. Yeah. Like, that would have been the exact player that we need. But yeah. shout out to Josh Green. He's doing his thing. But, you know, I guess we'll see from here. It's not what I want at all. Nah. Um, but there's a lot of under the radar moves like that that happened, but mad fucking shit went on throughout the trade deadline. You know, it's a good thing that we were able to break it up into the pieces that that you have now. Um, and also, you guys will hear uh, Saturday we recorded right after, uh, well, not right after, we recorded uh, our sort of reaction and got JT's input on the KD trade and everything like that and sort of the aftermath of that. So um, when we wrap up sports here, you're going to hear that. We recorded it on Zoom, so it's going to sound a little different. But the content quality is all still there. Mm -hmm. um, and that'll just be how we'll wrap up sports before we get into our anime segment. What's going on, guys? Um, as you can see, we were having a quick emergency pod add-on because of the shenanigans that took place an hour after we finished recording. Um, so we'll still be an uh, episode next week, but right now we figured we might as well talk about the elephant in the room um, and how our resident Nets fan is feeling after uh, the Nets decided to break the NBA. Um I think JT, if you just want to start with your overall feelings before we know, we know we had questions and all that. Uh, I mean, it was just weird because I literally got home from when we were recorded. I got my got my room, and what's crazy is that I saw the Yakupurdo news on my phone when I pulled into my driveway. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool, Yakupurdo, whatever. Got up, got upstairs, then all of a sudden I just see. The Shams notification breaking news. Once I saw that, I didn't even have to read the rest because <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, but still, um, it was at first it was just anger because it was like, damn, like championship windows officially closed now, um, yeah. and we had nothing to show for it. And then I was also angry because at first I wasn't thrilled with the package because I'm like, all right, we just sent off Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in two separate trades and didn't get a, uh, a single star level a single star, all -star back. level back yeah exactly so there was that then I slept on it and then I've been on a podcast since then talking about it so I've pretty much calmed down I think do you uh, want to shout them out what do you want to shout them out oh yeah it was on Brooklyn Buzz uh my guy Nick Faye does a great job best Nets podcast out there um but yeah, I think it was it was a good like just venting session. But it's one of those situations where it's it's tough to it's a tough pill to swallow because that's the greatest player to ever put on a next uniform, and he's not here no more. Uh, and the fact that you had three superstars come and go within three years, three three stars request a trade within a year time span because literally James Harden had requested a trade like two days ago to the day uh, last year. So that was kind of humbling, but you know what? We move the packages pretty pretty decent, um, and yeah, yeah. So um, 
obviously the what the fuck are y'all thinking question um but like i i think that just the wildest thing for me is just not getting a star player back like the Kyrie thing i can understand and like we spoke about it about what the next moves would be where getting dorian and spencer honestly help you as a team and just a potential one other move and then the new owner of the suns just went in um but i i don't know it's it's just like hard and i i can't imagine as a fan but like it's a tough pill to swallow to go from like perennial contention to rebuild and mind you you did get a lot of great pieces but those great pieces would be better if you sat here and went we either have a budding player that is going to be a star we know for a fact there's going to be a star or you got back a player of that caliber so i i don't know it it's tough and like so some of my initial things are like one still having been Simmons on the roster nuts but he also had no trade value so like that's your that you know you can't call him a star anymore but like that's your highest name value player right now um also like i'm curious on the move because you could sit here and like i can't even say you have a ton of cap space because you know like mikhail and like camera on this contracts and whatnot but like does josiah think you guys are going to be a free agent destination now like especially after like Kyrie's initial reaction is i'm glad he got out of there like things like that like in his like does he understand the history of the nets like no one wanted to go to the nets like it's one of those words that's that's like no one wanted to go to the nets before the two of them so what's the move that's the thing it's like it's an all-encompassing thing i think for sai it also helps him because the nets lowered their tax bill by a hundred million dollars so i know he's happy about that um in terms of yeah i think not getting an all-star back in like when you think about it is like kind of crazy but at the same time i think the nets are still poised as a good team with good assets i still think they're a playoff team um you know i don't think i personally i really don't think they're gonna dip into the play-in just because of how weak the east is outside of the top three outside of philly mm-hmm. milwaukee and uh the celtics and even then i really don't think the sixers are anything that special well, on the Cavs, um but they don't impress me like that either uh the next one impress you Absolutely not. Bro, we're, get, we're coming for that privacy, bro. Yeah, I don't think you will. Um, you don't have to think we will. <laughs> I thought y'all was going to win a championship with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. That clearly going to happen. I, I thought, thought y'all I, was going to win it with just KD and Kyrie. Hey, man. Look, <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, you know, I think it's a case of the Nets wanted to send him to a place he wanted. And, like, that whole – the whole watch tweet, remember when he said, like, oh, yeah, we're not going to – we're not training him it was just smoke and mirrors because they already had the deal in place with phoenix they just didn't want anybody else interfering um you know i don't know what the thought process is i'm like oh yeah we did it we did him a favor you know maybe it, it will look good on us as an organization yeah historically the nets haven't had um superstars come through their door uh so i don't know if that's the case i really don't think that superstars will want to come play as long as joe Sai is the owner of the nets uh just yes, because of they, yeah it's it's a brotherhood in the nba and they saw how he basically dragged Kyrie through the mud trying to make him do those you know the whole six-step program whatever it was after that he tweeted the link and you know we all we all said that Kyrie was wrong for, for for the link or whatever but like the way Cy went about it literally trying to embarrass him in front of everybody yeah. uh for the world to see was just so egregious uh just other things that Cy has done over the past i mean he even his comments last summer where he was like yeah i'd rather a uh a, a, a hard scrappy team you know than a championship cont- contender and it's like all right well <laughs> he, mind you he's the same guy that said winning is his only religion religion so which one is it right because if winning is religion 
you know, toxicity be damned. We've seen over the course of NBA history, a lot of toxic locker rooms, a lot of toxic teams win championships. So, you know, I think he's an owner that doesn't understand really um, the NBA and what it takes. I think he's done a good job as the Liberty owner because there's not as much pressure and the star, there's not as much player star empowerment and things like that. But you're dealing with, multi-million dollar athletes who are the best at what they do they make more in their endorsements than they do on their nba contracts um you know sometimes you just gotta shut up and write write a check keep your hand you know sometimes it's just too many cooks in the kitchen so it's a lot of moving parts i don't think the whole failure thing is just solely on like oh Kyrie tanked it or Cy tanked it or marks tanked it i think it's a it's a collaborative effort on all mm-hmm. collaborative failure on all parts Yo, it's mad funny that you bring up like player empowerment and stuff because that was exactly the next the next direction that I wanted to go. Because I feel like it's it's funny the way that Harden forced his way out of Houston to get to Brooklyn, and the way that he forced his way out of Brooklyn, and the way that K- I wouldn't say KD and, and Kyrie necessarily forced their way out, but they requested tra- trades at a convenient time, and you know they made the the moves to trade these niggas. So I asked both of y'all. How do y'all feel about player empowerment? I guess going forward with this with these superstars, because I feel like they these guys they just have way too much power. Like I feel the owners of the NBA have to be looking at this situation. Like how how could we not let this happen to happen happen again? Type shit. You know what I'm saying? I feel you to an extent, um, simply because I don't think everyone's gonna have that level of power as much as they like to think so. Right, like James Harden is a perennial. Everyone MVP being player. players, sorry, I didn't mean. Yes, that. yes, and okay. even the majority of star or superstar players, like James Harden was a perennial MVP candidate who was essentially in a toxic situation, and like there's reason to trade him, especially if you're feeling like. Remember when that trade happened? We sat here and we were like, the Nets got a good haul back. Like the Nets were better after that trade, um, at least on paper, right? And then, like. KD, it's it's Kevin Durant, right? If a player of that caliber, he'll be able to do what he wants. And honestly, the one kudos I can give is for not just like sending him to hell. And which a lot of orgs do when a player of that caliber goes, I want to leave. They'll just send them wherever. Um, I mean, think about when the Clippers sent Chris Paul out to die, right? In OKC. Um, but it's interesting parody between that and Kyrie, where they literally sat here and were like, no, nah, we're not sending Kyrie really where like his top choice you know what i mean like we're gonna send him you know where we want. and you know jt and if you guys at this point it would have heard uh, brought up the fact that that was probably the best trade package available at the time and that's great um that it did kind of work out but i think this is not necessarily a one-off but i don't think it's going to become as regular because even as superstars comes and goes like there's still going to be the dames out there there's still going to be superstars that we sit here and we go they should leave they should do more they should do these things and they're going to be like no nah, i'm loyal i'm loyal to a fault and there's going to be plenty who are going to think they have that pull and a stronger owner is going to check them right so i, I don't necessarily see this as a, a bad omen or like a, a bad thing to go forward and i can see your point of like you know players got too much power but when we look at it it's always literally like top five top 10 players and that's such a small percentage i don't think it's as big of a threat Nah, i just think it's interesting because people are going to use this example as like oh why you shouldn't do super teams but uh it worked for the heat he got two 
the Heat got two chips out of it. And I think what what what's important there is the Heat had a strong front office and they had a strong ownership. And credit Pat Riley for, you know, just being a stalwart, right? He's not gonna let anybody push him around. It's he's somebody that's established in the league. And I think that's where the Nets kind of got in trouble too. Whereas you had these two superstars come, new ownership group, Sean Marks, who, you know, he's still fairly new to the to the game. You know, he was I think three years in at this point, he's only dealt with a rebuilding team. He's only dealt with players on like fringe contracts, rebuilding players, player development. He's never dealt, you know, I, I, I liken it to like a mom and pop shop, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, it's a nice little cookie stand. Then you get big and then you have to trade on Wall Street. Not everybody's built to trade on Wall Street. And I don't think the Nets really were ready um, to handle this level of star power, this little level of criticism, this level of media publicity, um, which is partially why you see you saw a lot of doubling down by the ownership group doubling down by the front office where it's like nah like we kind of run things even though people are saying like oh no kd wanted nash or like Kyrie said we don't got a coach and it's like you know a stronger stronger front office stronger ownership group they they get out in front of that and they handle it Mm -hmm. um you know and i think that they let a lot of the media circus swell to a point where it kind of became an avalanche and they couldn't control it anymore and then you know it kind of gets to where now it becomes a toxic environment. Um, and this is what you get. How do you feel? Um, do you trust? Well, you know, the original thing is like we thought other moves would be made. But um, do you trust the org to do something with all these picks that you guys got? Picks and pieces. Yeah. Like, do, you tr- do you trust them? I trust them to an extent. I don't trust them to make them... To, all right, so I liken it as like I trust them from the zero to seventy percent. I don't trust them from the seventy percent to the hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, I I saw this 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 example on Twitter. It was kind of like Marx is almost like uh, I'd say like or the ownership group. Sai uh, is kind of like uh, how whatever at this point it's like all right, we're we're good on like the fringes, but it's just getting over that hump, which is which is going to be the issue i don't think marks has the chops for it to be that gm that gets them over the top mm-hmm. um i think he'd do well I, he does well drafting he does well getting the, the players on the margins like a you know go to Houston. yeah but uh you know, like like a tj warren before he got hurt like he's good at finding like you know good pieces but he's also had some blunders too i mean javon carter was absolutely awful morris was a dud like i can count the many many signings that he's had so I, I don't trust this ownership group more than I trust the front office. I don't think Marks is the guy to put the Nets over the hump. In a perfect world, I, I think you make a push if things go south in Golden State with Bob Myers. I think you make a push for him, kind of make it like a Theo Epstein type thing where, all right, he brought a championship um, to Boston. He goes to the Cubs, gets them a championship. Or man's in Toronto if he decides to leave. Uh, Masai. I think Masai is Masai. I mean, that's... That was something that was talked about, like when we were looking for a GM, like they were like potential of like getting him. Um, but you know, if they go into full rebuild, you think you think Mark's going to get going get fired though? Problem is, he's too. I think Cy likes him too much. I, I, think, I think that's. I see I him leave before he gets fired. Yeah, he he would, he would. I think he would step down before he got fired because if he's getting fired, that's coming from Cy, and Cy absolutely loves him. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where I think the Nets are... T- the problem is the Nets are too talented on paper to go full rebuild. Um, I did think... I got a shit ton of picks, though. That's the thing. Like, it, I thought 
at the deadline, one of their mistakes was if they were going to go full rebuild, full rebuild, not trading Mikhail because you could have hold in at least three to four first round picks for Mikhail. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I don't understand. I still don't understand why Seth Curry is on the team because that's that, that, that's a guy that you could get somebody for an expiring contract, clear up some yeah, gap space. Yeah, someone that can help a, a exactly. I mean, they were throwing out second round picks like candy at the deadline, so you definitely could have gotten something for Seth. Patty, same thing. I think Ben was a pipe dream to move at the deadline, but his value is so low right now. Mm-hmm. But right now, like this is a team that kind of resembles that 2018-19 Nets team. I think it's actually more talented uh, just from the pieces that you have now, you know. And to go back to what you're saying with like a budding star, I that's what I'm curious about too, especially with Cam Thomas. Like we, we see he's a bucket, but can he be consistent enough to mm-hmm. where he blossoms into that guy that can give you 26, 27? Is he shy or is he Lou Will? Like, exactly. That I mean, is he's, only, he's only what twenty one. Twenty one, yeah. He's only yeah, twenty one. I mean, we got, time, we got plenty of time to figure to figure that out. But I mean, to come out and do it, the fuck that he's doing, like, like uh, under these circumstances, it's kind of crazy. Talking about Cam Thomas, that is. Yeah. I think, so I, I was think, gonna say, I'd be like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. Just saying that, like, you know, going back to the budding, just chiming in on the budding stars thing. I mean, Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton, I feel like for the future, for what the next got going on, I mean, those are your, those are your, their cornerstones. Yeah. I, you that, that's your building like, blocks, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you got that, you got that, you supplement that with the picks. I mean, personally, I feel like, yeah, you didn't get a star back in the trade, but they did get a good, for the future, they did get a good amount of amount back. Is, is Bridges on a contract yet, or is he still on his rookie deal? Oh. He might have just got it. I feel like he just signed. I think he just. I think he just signed. DFS, I know, is, is signed. Cam is an exp- uh Johnson is a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, that's why I feel like that's why the Suns moved him because they knew they couldn't pay him. Um, I think that not getting eight is a miss. In that they they, that, I, that that is true because eight don't want to be there. Yeah, so I thought that was crazy. Like it's giving John Collins on that. Um, I think not getting eight was, was a big miss. Uh, also, just like from an optics standpoint, and we know it was a bad trade, but like it is rough. And I'm not talking about the, the kid, I'm talking about more so. It was a bad trade, the Rudy Gobert trade, and like getting less than Rudy got is like hurts. Um, and I, I saw, I think it was Bibbs who was just like, You're telling me you couldn't get AD if you traded with the Lakers, which uh, someone said it. They were like, Yo, honestly, if KD went to LA. And, you know, if AD was a part of it or whatever it would have been, like, <laughs> low-key would have been a bit more balanced. I mean, um, like, fucking with AD would be would have been shells, but this nigga AD be hurt just as much as KD be hurt, probably more. He'd be missing games more than Kyrie. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree, but at least on paper it looks better. Because, like, you guys are poised if you felt confident that you could sign a superstar this season. If you sat here and went, yo, we have the roster – to bring a superstar in and then you can contend or even two all-star level people, then you guys are like at least the Knicks level in competitiveness, you know, and then you can work on see where, where your young people can go. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just a tough thing to like process at that point. And my initial reaction was this is a complete meltdown. You know what I mean? And what in four days time, the complete landscape of not only your team, but the NBA was changed. Um, it's a wild thing for the Suns, but honestly, Chris Paul not to Chris Paul to pass, I, and I still don't believe in Devin Booker the way everyone else does. So KD is going to do KD things. Um, I think that they're still, you know, the, 
now the favorites come out of the West. Also, fuck the West. The West is absolutely ridiculous right now. <laughs> the West is insane. I love all the tweets where they were like, Josh said the West was easy, so they sent him <laughs> hell. Nah, the one that was like, they sent him hell with Dylan Brooks as his sidekick is OD. Um, but yeah, that, like, the West is fucking nuts, man. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the trade deadline next week, but um, I don't, where do you, where do you think you guys go? Like, what is the move from here? Like, I've seen talk about maybe, you know, before the deadline passed about potentially getting some picks back from Houston, right? I can see a player like Cam Thomas going to a team like that, you know, or whatever. But, like, what, what is the direction you feel like right now? Uh, Direction is build, probably, like, just build around Cam, see how he develops. Claxton is coming into his own, which which definitely helps. Um, You know, I, I think that you have you got a, good vets. Well, that's the thing you have a I, I don't think people realize just how good this team can be when you're not talking about contention right Agreed. like this it's a team that i i think could upset somebody in the first round depending if they're not named the bucks or the celtics um you know you got a bunch of quality it kid it, it's fun it's ironic that katie said it's a wings league and then we just traded him for a bunch of wings now we have like i think the one of the best wing depth in the league you have Dorian Smith, Mikhail, Cam, Royce O'Neal um you just got a bunch of length size long arms um switchability a lot of switchability I mean defensively you have a lineup of Dinwiddie, Claxton, uh Mikhail, uh Cam and Royce. And, and Royce even if you just had like if even if you someone like maybe like Utah out there mm-hmm. I mean that's a very that's a that's one of the best defensive lineups you can really have it's a bunch of size nobody's under six six so it's uh, it's a uh, it, it's definitely gonna be a change but I, it's not an area that I'm unfamiliar with like I'm used to watching like a scrappy team mm-hmm. um but I guess the hope is keep it up just make it I guess a good environment and hopefully a star becomes available that you can trade for but I really don't see a situation in the future that a superstar is going to say, hey, I'm going to take my talents to Brooklyn in free agency. Because I just think yeah. it's, there, there's a reason why. And I, I know that Kyrie played a huge role in everything kind of going to shit. But is it not a red flag when three superstars request a trade from an organization under your tutelage as an owner? Like, we don't see this. Like, I say this all the time. Like, if, if, if James Dolan had done this, James Dolan needs to be put in witness protection. Like, uh, Joe Sy gets gets off scot-free because nobody really cares about the Nets like they think. They care about Kyrie, they care about Katie, they care about the Stars. Nobody actually cares about the Nets organization. It's just easy to laugh at. But any other organization, you're looking at the ownership group like, yo, what, what, what's going on? Everybody championed Sy because, oh, yeah, you put your foot down, you, you know, you, 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 you reined them back in. But realistically, all you did was create a toxic environment in which your stars couldn't trust you. They wanted to leave and get away from you. And then you have them bad-mouthing you. You know, Kyrie saying like he was, like he had reservations after year one is a huge red flag, right? Like it, 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 it's crazy that you would think that, you know, for a guy that, you know, and at this point I can say like Kyrie's lied a lot in his next tenure, but mm-hmm. that doesn't say anything to you that after year one, one of your superstars was already like, ah, this is kind of... I don't know about this. I, I don't know about this. So, I, the the future, it's promising a lot better than what what it was after the Boston fiasco, Boston trade fiasco. Yeah. I think they're in a much better place to at least be competitive, be a playoff team, you know, get the young guys some playoff experience like Cam, um, get more playoff experience for Claxton. 
Uh, and just see, some t- a team will want Joe Harris in the offseason. Teams will want. Yeah, I forgot he's still there. Yeah, man. But hey, damn, no, yo, he is no, still there. No yeah, pressure. You saw, you saw what no pressure Joe was doing on Thursday night. Six threes in a quarter. Yeah, you know, I'm so. saying like one. You made a good point. We talk about just your ability to just be a, a competitive playoff team. Like, look, what's the difference between you and the Kings right now? You know uh, what I mean? There's really not. Yeah, like, don't that get me wrong. Big. They have all like they, they have all star level players. About but same. like at the same time, like couple years ago was one of those things where it's just like all right we got some young players that have some talent we're gonna see what happens and they also like have a a good influx of veterans onto the team they have those all-star level players but like no one's looking at them as like serious contenders right now they're number three in the west you know we should be number three by the end of the night fingers crossed um but it's still no one sitting here going yeah man the kings are some real contenders you know what i mean but like if that at least is your if that can be your future in the next couple of years, it's something that you can't be mad at as long as, you know, you continue to draft well. Um, that That's what it comes down to. Channing Fry put y'all on Wemby watch. Yeah, I think they're... So, like, that's my problem with a lot of, like, basketball media. It's like, I, cause I even, even like Charles Barkley, was like, they asked him, like, oh, are the Nets going to make the playoffs? He was like, hell no. I'm like, well, and clearly people just aren't watching the basketball because it's just weird how... You know, you have a guy like Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Spence. guy, guys that like the, these people talk up on the regular, but now mm-hmm. they're all on Brooklyn, and now because Brooklyn just traded their superstars, now they're just some guys, and now they're just you know regular dagger. Like I don't get that at all. You know how that goes, though, bro. Yeah, yeah. They're like no stupid, no super. It's the stars. League. It feels like there's no direction stars, without the stars. People, people are feeling like people feel like because if you don't have stars on your team, you can't you can't compete, which is true. But at the same time, if you got a good coach, you got a lot of decent talent like how the Nets have, you can pull a six seed in the East. I just I would say um not compete. I think if um and if you're saying that's how people feel, that's fair. But I think it's if you don't have stars, you can't contend. But you can compete. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a better that's um, because like like you're saying, like there's a bunch of dogs on that team that can produce at high levels. Yeah. Um and I I agree. I think it's going to be one of those teams that you don't want to see. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see more. Like, we've seen what Cam's done with, um, you know, more the, the more space he has with Kyrie being gone. Um, and, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on him right away. But, like, that's the good thing of having someone like Spence who doesn't feel that. It can pick up the load and do all those things along with, like, all of the defensive wins. Like, you guys are definitely built well where if you can get, like, it feels like some John Collins type shit. You know what I mean? Like that would be the move because you have tons of assets and it's like, if you, you guys are, are primed for like a disgruntled star trade, the way that you guys traded your disgruntled stars, like you guys, I feel like are now the location for disgruntled stars because of all the assets that you have. Yeah. And I think that's what's being left out of the equation. I guess when people are analyzing this trade, like there, that's got a lot of dra- good traffic back. And the fact yep. that the Rockets seem like an absolute dumpster fire right now makes me not even worried about the pick swaps um you know you got a 2023 first 2025 2027 2029 from the the suns you, you still have the 2029 first from the mavericks you have a boatload of second round picks you have a lot of draft capital and you know who knows what happens after the you know the suns aren't going to be terrible soon but you know at the end of KD's tenure, at the end of 2024-2025, what are the Suns like? You know, CP3 only has how many years left? Um, He's only got a couple it, months, if you're being honest. Yeah. No, like, nigga said, this is the last ride. Yeah, they were about to trade him for Kyrie. Yeah, yeah like, he's, he, he's Man not... Man played, like, four games this year. 
he's not long for this league. And then, you know, obviously, I know you, won't, you don't want to hear, but like, you know, what are the Mavericks going to be like in 2029? You know, like there's a whole bunch of moving parts. Yeah. But it's like, no. how good, how good will you guys be? Where's Kyrie? Is Kyrie going to still be on the team? Like what, what's that team going to look like? So it's a lot of, a lot of moving part, a lot of draft capital, a lot of things where you can flip, you know, you might, you know, might see, you know, players gotten for draft picks, bought out, create more cap space. And you get that disgruntled star. You fit room. So a lot of, lot of options. And you know what? Also flying under the radar, an $18 million TPE, uh, you know, it made in that Kevin Durant trade. So they have a year to use it, how they'll use it. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of, uh, it's not all doom and gloom is what is basically my point. So it's like, yeah, it sucks that Katie's not on the team anymore. And like, yeah, the championship window is closed for now, but it could be way worse. And I know it because I've seen it <laughs> way worse. At least now I have something to actually root for. And I know my team's going to go to the playoffs. Like I just think the East is just that week where I don't me personally. I just don't believe we fall into the play in. Um, but when we get in, you know, just have fun with it you know they they, they, they could steal a game from philly they can definitely take the Cavs to six or seven so you're in you mixed know. territory um from like a year ago of just like i'm just happy to be here or almost like giants this year where it's just like anything's yeah. a win like whatever whatever we get we're just there here for the go. vibes we're having a good time um that was a very mature answer of you <laughs> um i just still think like it's just tough because then now you're back to the you know but you, I understand where you've been conditioned as a fan where like what is patience you know what i mean it's just it's just any other thing <laughs> what is patience? what is heartbreak dog have you seen like all the bad stuff that's happened in that's in, in Nets land like literally since like 2000 like it it, it 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 it's crazy dog dame should be a net <laughs> like that draft pick should have been a, john wall should be a net like do you know any draft picks that should, that were ours that went to other teams because we just made stupid trades like it's wow. it's, it's, it's it's actually crazy but yeah, uh, you've, gone, you've gone full circle on entering Knicks territory now because you sound you sound like me when I when I talk about who should have been a Nick in this year and then that year. And Steph Curry, Zion. Oh, we yeah. could have gotten Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Michael Porter Jr. Like the the list, the that's just the short list. So could have had, had Kuzma too. Kuzma was a next draft pick. <laughs> Sadiq Bay was a next draft pick. Oh, oh no! I still think like. There's, there's tons of to get done. Like, there's things that'll get done. I think, I you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I do think John Collins will finally, maybe, like, you guys have enough to get John Collins um, away from Atlanta. Um, and then you can go something from there, you know what I mean? You have enough things you could probably get him without, like, dismantling. Um, and that's, like, a decent enough piece that if you compare someone else, or even if you, like, if you put John Collins at the Claxton and Cam, that's solid. That's solid, man. Because then Claxton will do all take care of all the defensive liabilities. John Collins, though. and then mm-hmm. next to someone like Dorian McHale, whoever it is, like you get it. And then Cam continues to grow. You might have some. That's the thing. There's a lot of there's there's potential with this group, and that's why it's not mm-hmm. doom and gloom like how it was after the Boston trade, and like Duran is gone and KG and Pierce are gone. It's like all right there's actually a direction with this team it's not like you're just putting five guys out there and just like yes. all right just go out there and play like you actually have respectable players on your team now like like i and you know mikhail Bridges having like his best offensive year of his career um you know hopefully yeah, this is like the, the jumping off point cam johnson shoots like 47 percent from three We're bad. like it's uh it's 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 
promising. You know, it's it's not a, it's not a bunch of copium. You know, I, that was what I was doing like for the first like few hours. But you know, you the dust settles, you step back and assess the situation as a whole, and you're like, all right, Nets aren't the Nets aren't in as bad of a place as some people might want to think they are. Um, yeah, the, you know, the jokes are you know what they're gonna be because oh, you had a super team and you folded. But you know, I if I had to do it again, I would. Like you do, you do that. I do it ten times out of ten. You make the hardened trade ten times out of ten. Look, look how much bad luck had to happen for it to fail, right? Giannis undercuts Kyrie, steps on his ankle. Harden, who is the picture of health, you know, has the the hamstring injury, um, a vaccine mandate that only affected New York, which everybody knew was stupid. Um, Kyrie not getting vaccinated in the beginning, like it's just a snowball effect of of of, of, of a bunch of stuff that just. You know, it's a perfect getting story. hurt literally every single year. Like it, for the same type of knee injury, just somebody running into his knee, whether it was Bruce Brown or, you know, now Jimmy Butler this year. Like it's just one thing after another, just a string of bad luck. But you know what? It what is what it is. Gave some wrong. great memories. What could go wrong went wrong for the Nets. And Basically. That's all, that's, all, that's all it was. And I think we all should have probably seen this coming when the whole vaccine shit was happening. And they were like, yeah, you know, we're not going to let Kyrie just play out away games. And then they rescinded that whole shit in December. So we should have, we should have, because they didn't have no one to put out. Because they had nobody to play. (laughs) It was on the replacements, and the replacements needed replacements. They were like, hey, Kyrie, you in shape? Yeah, it's un- it's unbelievable the dumpster fire that the that the nets are, that the nets are. I'm happy that everything is good in Nick's world. Um, but it's all good. I, I agree with you, JT. Though, like for real, for real, y'all not in this bad of a spot that people really making this. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like y'all are set up beautifully for the future, depending on what y'all do with y'all with y'all young talent and what y'all do with those picks, man. Yeah, it'll come down to confidence on if they can execute on the future. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's honestly all, all, all it comes down to, and just I just need an owner to keep his hands out of off the team. Like I just I think they don't they won't go anywhere unless they have an owner that just lets the basketball people do basketball things. Um, because how many owners in the NBA really are that hands on and it works out right? Like it, it it doesn't work like that, you know? Maybe like maybe Cuban, but. Outside of that, like everybody else Bummer. is successful, stays out of stays out of the basketball. Cuban, you know, Cuban and Bomber, those are the only two that come to mind. And, and for the most part, Bomber don't really be in it. He just be like, just I'm, be, I'm he trying to get the, the best game. players. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to get the best players that we can get, and I'll pay the money. Yeah, he's basically like he's the NBA version of Cohen. He's just, all right, how mm-hmm. much you need? All right, bet. I'm just gonna, I'll get my fr- my front row seat. I'm gonna be cheering my ass off, and it is what it is. So. Yeah, the difference is I don't think Bomber grew up a Clippers fan. He's just like, I got a team, so I'm going to be a fan of this team. But that's And that's the thing I think is important, too, is that Bomber is a fan of – he's a huge basketball fan, and he's Mm. a fan of, you know, obviously the team he owns. I don't think that Cy is a big basketball guy. I I think he saw this as an opportunity to make money, um, you know, and I I just think that you can see it. I think fans can really see the genuineness in, in owners. Um, I don't see the genuineness in him. It just doesn't, he's not at the games like Ballmer's at the games. He's not at the games like Dolan's at the games, right? Yeah, he makes an appearance every once in a while, you know, but, you know, is he there at a, a random Nets Pistons game? Is he there when it's not a, a national televised game? You know what I'm saying? Like when there's not, super, like, 
uh, supermodels and celebrities and entertainers at the game as well that he can schmooze with. Like, I want to know that you're there in the trenches with the fans. And I don't get that vibe from him. And it's, as long as I don't get that vibe, I don't think that he's the right guy to be at the helm of this uh, of this team. Like, again, like he's had three CEOs, three different CEOs in the last three years control bse global like that's bad business if you told me just in the working world that a company had three different ceos in three years you think well, what the hell is wrong with that company and you did the same shit with the nets huh what is what's the uh they had three superstars they all exactly alibaba or is this or something else not it's not him that's alibaba it's something nah, else? he is part of he is part of alibaba oh it is alibaba okay yeah, yeah. BSC Global is just the, the the group that owns the Nets that he has controlling interest in. Yeah, I, I think I, I it's heard. Either... No, I heard the stocks for Alibaba went down went down crazy because of him and some shit. That's what I heard. I, I'm not gonna spread misinformation. That's just what I heard. Who you think had it's... to and who you think had to had to suffer because he wanted to recoup the losses of not only that but because there were no fans in the stands for you know the whole what, 2021 2020 whatever. So. Yeah, I I think that like. Like, like you're saying, you either need an owner that completely stays out of it, that just looks at it as a purely business thing, or the one that is completely invested in the team doing well. Like, you can't have it in between. So you guys just heard our snippet from our Saturday recording on Zoom, um, where we get to hear JT's input about the Nest trade and everything like that with KD becoming a Phoenix Sun. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and with that, we are wrapping up sports. So it is time for our anime segment. We only got one this week since we are not at full strength. We are just doing Weeb Weekly. Uh, that's our segment where we watch an ongoing show. And we are doing Tokyo Revengers. Episode 6 dropped this week. Um, and this episode was fucking wild. Um, they, they even started with the ominous-ass music. You know, Hakai getting ready to do what must be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the look that he had in his eyes, getting ready and everything else going into the episode um basically we get the first step man we see they they set up we, we see a nice touching moment where um chief of you gives uh takamichi baji sash you know it's like captain sash um we see fucking seasons beatings uh you know get ready to go engage in this mission or whatever uh we get the conversation between takamichi and hakai where hakai goes into the horrors that he's really living through um and takamichi's trying to convince him not to do this and why he shouldn't and then we see the betrayal man i feel like we all felt it was coming but you already already caught the worst of it of course and can't trust nobody named kasaki (laughs) or hanma taiju enters the fucking church and all hell breaks loose bro fight breaks out it seems like they're gonna expose some secret about hakai um fucking Yuzaha comes out of nowhere, stabs him in the back. Takamichi's going back and forth through a lot of scenarios. At one point, I'm sitting here like, what's he going to do? He's just like, did I stop him? I stopped him from killing Taiju. Then maybe my work here is done. And then it goes, oh, shit, Yuzaha killed Taiju. I didn't stop anything. Oh, wait, I kind of did because she didn't stab him deep enough. But now I'm in a situation that they might actually die now because Taiju's a fucking unstoppable nutcase. So, um, yeah thoughts on this episode guys nah i was uh, this this shit first off as y'all know i love tokyo avenger this is my motherfucking show i feel like the craziest part came through when my boy takamichi was fucking about to get choke slam sis came through about to about to stab her what the fuck is is um the, the big nigga's name john taiju taiju about to stab homie and not about to 
Yeah. Well, she did. Well, I mean, well, right when, well, right when he was about to, mm. it was Takamichi's face. Oh, like, Hakai was... The, oh, no, okay. okay well, I got you, it right. was everybody's face, right? Because Takamichi don't even know what the fuck going on. So if he ain't actually know what the fuck happened, then he didn't know what the fuck he was even stopping. He just knew he had to essentially stop Kaiju from getting murdered. Taiju yeah. from getting murdered. Anyways, the sister coming through, stabbing the nigga, I was like... First off, that's that's wild. He clearly doesn't die, so now the the the, the timeline about to be altered. But this nigga is upset, and he looked like he about to kill everybody in the room type shit. Yeah, he went on some fucking soldier of God shit. Mm. We're talking about God. Why do you always give me your toughest battles? Now I have to kill my brother and my sister. Mm. But shout out to Yuzaha for calling him out for um using family as an excuse to manipulate them. Talking about you never treated us like family anyway. I think that was huge. Um, and I like it was the first time that you know they bring it up. Mm. I also thought it would have been really funny where they keep going where it's like takamichi's like oh did, i did my job hakai didn't kill taiju and then it's like oh shit yuzuha's the one that killed taiju i didn't do my job and then it just goes ah yuzuha didn't kill taiju imagine he was just like well my, my work here is done and just walked out the church and just left them yeah like, nah, he was wild, like, I, I changed the timeline. Taju's still alive. And just left. And that's what me and John, we was sitting now, we was fucking joking about, like, yo, if this nigga walk out of there, <laughs> nah, he's different. <laughs> <laughs> he could have got away with it, too, for real, for real, if we being honest, because who who and Toman was there? Chief Yu was there, but Chief Yu was fucking Chief tied Yu. up, was yeah. tied up somewhere. So, were you, how are you feeling about the betrayal? Both of you guys. How are you feeling about the betrayal? One, was it something you thought was going to happen? Two, if you did think it was going to happen, how did you think it was going to happen? I'm hogging the mic, Matt. You can you can go. To be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen because I thought that there was some other ulterior motive or benefit that um, to killing Taiju. What? Yeah, I thought mm. I thought there there was something else in it for them that this plan would benefit them in some way, but I didn't really expect it to be this type of a betrayal. And this is like pretty textbook, like. Mm. but i get you know like after it happened i was like okay wait so like maybe maybe they wanted taiju to just kill takamichi so to like clear yeah to clear that position that captain position in toma and to clear the only person opposing them yeah because he was like probably one of the only people that like actively hated them and was on to them or whatever mm. Yeah. So like I, it makes sense, but I just didn't expect it to be like this, to be honest. Okay, how are you feeling? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the episode as a whole? My biggest, like the biggest standout thing for me, which probably for a lot of people watching, are like what is Hakai's secret? Mm. I and I, I legitimately don't have like a great prediction on it. Do you have a prediction at all? Um, I mean to be honest, my first thought was. That he also beats Yuzu, Yuhuza. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, you know, in, in some way he's also abusive. Well, that that's what I think they were saying. We're talking to me. He's like, yeah, you're you're beating both of them. And then he's like, Hakai's just trying to protect Yuzuha. And then he goes, ah, you don't know a secret. Right. So that's definitely something to think about. But I feel like that's too obvious also. Okay. And I feel like it's something more profound but i just can't really think of anything good interesting mm-hmm. more profound is definitely interesting um because well, like i you know this episode we finally saw like that look in hakai's eyes that we're used to mm-hmm. from previous what do you mean like, like the, the, he's paying that attention kinda, like, dead in the eyes like, oh the like we're gonna i'm gonna murder him yeah look. Like until now, we, well, at least in this timeline, we've only known Hakai to be like a more fun-loving. Got you. So you mean like the uh, 
the look that he had in the future. Yeah. Got you, got you. So I feel like whatever his secret is, is like revealing the reason for that. Mm. And it wasn't because he killed Taiju. It's something else. Okay. Uh, Miles, how do you feel about the betrayal thing? And, you know, if you did see it coming, what do you think it was going to be? Bakasaki? Mm -hmm. Hey, man, listen. I didn't think it was going to happen so abruptly. Usually, they, like, and this is why I fuck with Tokyo Avengers. They kind of build on these things. They don't do, do it, like, almost immediately. Um, But Chief you, like I mentioned, that nigga be getting fucked up. I'ma fuck that nigga up, tied him up, said, you know what? It is what it is. But I'm not surprised, though. Like, even when Kisaki and Hama offered their hand, it just seemed suspect from the start. Mm. You know, I, I'm not You weren't believing the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend? I mean, I definitely said that at first, but just seeing how, how, how this whole thing progressed. And I like the fact that Hama even asked Kisaki, he's like, yo, like, did you think that, like, like, did you have any in your mind from the start that we was going to betray them you know mm -hmm. um because it makes it yeah it, that shit was just fun yeah i think but i think the reason why they asked that is because they try to present to us like wow like this was in front of y'all faces the whole time i hope y'all realize that this nigga is actually the bad guy that, yeah that he can't be trusted that like he cannot don't under, don't get it fooled <laughs> exactly under any circumstances like this anything this nigga's got going on it's bad it's not good mm. That's you a know? good way to look at it. Yeah, so that, you know, that that that's how I felt about that. You know what I'm saying? They use out here using literary tropes and shit out here in this fucking anime. Uh, you know, the foreshadowing, uh, you know, is there. So. Yeah, man. It's, I, I think uh, my only thing about the betrayal, where one, I honestly, I forgot it happened um, until I saw Taiju's boots, where I sat here and I was like, I don't think they're going to pan outside and it's just all three of the motherfuckers laying on the ground because they got washed. I think I was like, and then, you know, I remembered. Um, if you guys didn't know, I did read Revengers, but it was a while ago. So a lot of this is like refreshing my memory. Oh, like so that. all of this was in the was in the manga when you read yeah, it? Oh, yeah. okay, okay, the okay. The next couple, um, I think. Okay. But um, so I, my only thing with this betrayal is why they leave Chief of You tied up. You would think they would just fuck up Chifuyu too, not just beat him up enough that they could like tie him up. Because if they get out of this, Chifuyu is gonna be gonna tell them the truth, and then it'll come down to like how much they believe Chifuyu. I think Kasaki has a point to just be like Chifuyu always hated me because Baji or whatever, but or or because Hanma's in the group, so Hanma was part of Valhalla type shit. But like, what is the purpose of leaving? You would think at that point they would kill Chifuyu, because what's the purpose of leaving him alive? If he he's the one person that knows the truth, if Takemichi somehow gets out of this, so I thought that was an interesting. That's a thing. good ass point. Damn, we all we all in here got cooking up some shit right now. This is this is tough. That's a great point, John. Yeah, but overall, man, I think that again, I think they did a great job. Like I've been saying about showing how much of a villain Kasaki is. Like I definitely think he's one of the best villains um, in anime right now. Um, you know, in any ongoing show. But I, again, I, I just think he's like top tier in the way they build him up and. You know, one, he's drippy, which you always love drippy villains. He got a great resting face, too. Like, in terms mm. of, like, how he looks as a villain with his resting face, this mm. nigga just literally looks like the angry emoji. Yeah, and then when you had, you know, Every like time. you were talking about where he was, like, you talk about it with Taiji, too, about being diabolical, but, like, the way Mans was cackling and smiling when he was talking about how this shit is just fun to fuck with them like that, you know? Um, But they're also, they also do a good job building up the fucking the the big bads of the the current arc mm -hmm. like taiju is going crazy right now yeah 
like we're talking about it was giving me vibes of like the villain from the fucking first da vinci code you know what i mean you're like man's uh silas i think his name was who was beating himself in the name of the lord and yeah. trying to bring people to justice type shit <laughs> like yeah, he was out here talking like in the church like and then for him to not only take the stab wound and then when you see him rip the pew out the grounds where matt matt had his first holy fuck why is this happening anime reaction yeah um because like dope, who man. the fuck like, just does that who the fuck just tied you built different clearly um, you know, they do a good job establishing these big villains and we sit here and, you know, at the end of the day, we have to hope that everything gets worked out. Um, and you know, we can say that usually in a shonen it does, but how, like, and we could at least say that at least in this show so far, it hasn't been power of the pen bullshit. It's been ways that have been engaging in things that make sense. Right. So we hope that that continues and, you know, I'm really looking forward to the continuation and conclusion, eventual conclusion of this fight. Because as of right now, where it's just like each arc, the villain gets more and more unbeatable. Mm -hmm. um, and not in a Dragon Ball Z type way, in like a, there's got, they got to be able to think their way out of this because there is no supernatural shit going on. You know what I mean? It's, it's teenagers who are athletic and fight. You know, mm -hmm. it's not aliens or like fucking weapons or whatever it is. So mm -hmm. there, there has to be some sort of realistic, as realistic as you can be in this scenario solution. I'll tell you what, bro. I'll be trying to tell niggas about Tokyo Revengers. Mm -hmm. This shit is crazy. This is, it, it's, niggas giving out straight hands and plot. My favorite part of this entire episode was when Chief Yu was out giving work to everybody in the second division. Then Baji comes through. He said, you know what, nigga, you was acting up. <laughs> Beat that ass. Yeah, bro, Baji Joe Jackson him. He was out here like, I had to make an example <laughs> of you, bro. Oh, my he was God. Like, you can't, he was like, you can't be causing... <laughs> <laughs> they ain't coming to see you, Otis. Hell no. Like, he was like, you can't be causing strife in the division, but I also think he beat him up so that the rest of the group doesn't think he's showing favoritism for yeah, him. Yeah, like you said. I, and I enjoyed that you said mm -hmm. that. I was just thinking, like, yo, he's just been get, he just like getting his ass whooped. I'm, I don't think... It, there's only one person who can do it. <laughs> only one person who beat him like that is, yeah, is dead. Yeah, so, that's a fact, yeah. But, but, um, I, yeah. I think but, it was a good I mean, way to also it, add to his character depth to show how much it meant and how literally like it was funny where Baji goes he's like the only reason I joined Tom Tomon is so I could follow you and Baji's like so you don't respect anyone else in Tomon he was like no he was like alright just follow me then I'm weak man, you guys got anything else man, any thoughts oh, on what do you think's gonna happen man. next week here's the thing this, this fight episode it look it's just looking like it's gonna be like a couple of episodes mm -hmm. so we're gonna we, we'll see how how how, it, how this breaks down we're probably gonna get a little flashback because within the next couple episodes we're gonna find out whatever secret um Hawkeye got mm. um and yeah hopefully we find out I, I think we will but hopefully Matt how you feeling yeah I think we definitely find out the secret um which I guess would like kind of determine whether or not Takamichi's mission this whole time was even worth it or successful. Mm. Um, or it'll at least give him like, you know, the information he needs to do the right thing and try to change the timeline the way he's been trying to. But um, it's really hard to say. Like, I, like you said, it's been the, the enemy has only gotten stronger and it's it is like the writers did a good job kind of setting it up where i don't necessarily see a way out 
for them in terms of beating Taiju in mm-hmm. this moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think that the secret will be let out and somehow they're going to beat Taiju. I do think that, but I just don't know how. You're, you're confident in that Taiju will get beat, but you're not confident in in any estimation on how it'll happen. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, even if they all team up, mm-hmm. which is probably what's going to happen in some way. Who's everyone? Just the three of them in the in the church currently? I guess. Okay. I mean, Chiefie is still around. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's going to get involved somehow, even though he's tied up. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it could just <laughs> it could just end up being, like, a pure anger thing or, like, they all team up and they all have, like, so much hatred toward Taiju that they somehow beat him. But that seems too easy. Okay. Like, too easy of a plot point. Yeah. All right. That's it for this week's episode of the Saratobi Sports Pod. Thank you guys for listening. Um, guys, no ABC this week once again until we are back at full strength. And there is no episode next week. So we will catch y'all in two weeks. Back with ABC with everything else sports related. So if you guys are following along with us, uh, Bochi the Rock episode 7, 8, and 9 for our next episode of the podcast, which will most likely be in two weeks. Thank you, guys. We will talk to you then. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down.